We know quality, we know how to take care of it. That's not fucking easy to hear. No, you're it wasn't. The quality yeah, of food has to be number one. Four years later, now it's it's probably one of the biggest meal prep companies in New England. Business people up here are the grittiest motherfuckers on the planet. Yes. We never went backwards, though. We're going out of business my entire life, and you're not going to be. And I don't expect it to start now. So get ready to strap the fuck in. Hey guys, welcome to Behind the Rides podcast. My name is Angelo Perina, and I'm joined by my brothers and business partners, uh, Lucho and Valentino. Um, on this podcast here, we're going to be doing a lot of different things. We're going to be interviewing local, national, and global successful entrepreneurs, as well as talk about some of the lessons that we've learned along our 15-year uh, career building a nine-figure organization. So a little bit of background about us uh, that we'll talk about kind of what we have going on. So we have a, we own a company called ALV Ventures, which is a holding company that holds multiple different types of businesses. Um, we have three Italian full-service restaurants called Toscana Restaurants. We have a, um, a company called Nutre Meals, which is a meal delivery company servicing uh, the entire Northeast. Um, in addition to that, we have a local insurance company that specializes in home and auto insurance, um, as well as Premier Solar, which is a, a solar, a residential solar installation company that services 10 states currently with the goal to get to 48 states in 2023. We have Marte Capital, which specializes in private lending in addition to uh, full-scale development projects around the country. Currently, um, we're in South Florida right now. Um, and we have ALV Properties, which acquires distressed multifamily properties, and we manage those uh, that rental portfolio as well. So really diverse background um, where I would consider ourselves serial entrepreneurs. Um, we love business. We love the game. We love talking about it. Um, and we're not afraid to talk about you know some of the wins and some of the losses along the way. So we thought we could provide a lot of value uh, to you guys by talking about these things uh, that we're seeing live in person every single day. And with that being said, we have a lot of different dynamics between all of us. I'm the youngest. I'm 30 years old. You know, Lucho's the middle brother. Angelo's the oldest. And we kind of all bring different qualities to the business. Um, that kind of makes the whole thing kind of go around. You know, without Angelo, we couldn't do what we do. Without Lucho, we couldn't do what we do. Without me, it kind of, you know, we couldn't do what we do. It's just there's us together really kind of creates the the engine that, that flows the businesses. Correct. Yeah. Very, I mean, a lot of our, where I'm strong, he's weak, you know, so we have a really good, strong partnership and the unique fact that we're brothers and we don't, we get along pretty good. So that's. And on top of that, the, the really key, the reason why we wanted to start this podcast is because we have a lot of diverse experiences with throughout the ventures. It's not just restaurants. It's not just real estate. And with that being said, we've had a lot of losses along the way. We've had a lot of learning curves along the way that we're hoping that we could reach some people that are in the journey, in the middle of the journey that can actually hear some of the tips that we have to then apply to their own lives. Because a lot of these podcasts that are created, it's when they're already at the top, right? It's like when Andy Fursell or Ed Myletter already have these massive, massive companies. We're in the middle of the journey. We're still rising. That's why we figured we could actually document it and kind of report back to this. If we have, if we learned something this week, we could report back to this and hopefully someone else could take that lesson right, and apply right. it to their own life. And it's not just us either. So we're definitely going to bring on, we have a big network of uh, friends and other entrepreneurs that are in all different various industries across the country. So we're going to be bringing them on, um, interviewing them and picking their brains on exactly how they started, how they grew their businesses. 
So we're going to try and bring you as many different angles and vantage points as we as we possibly can to give you the best uh, to give you the best value that we can. And on top of that, too, it's we're we're proudly from Massachusetts. So I think in the beginning, we're going to have a real hyper focus on the real successful people in this area. Yeah, for sure. Because, again, North, we're proud to be from New England. I think the people from the Northeast are probably, in my opinion, like the strongest and most you know, the hustle, like the hustle. You got fucking balls. Yeah, like people in the Northeast have have a sack. Mm-hmm. And every time you right. go to like Florida or you go to like the West Coast, if you guys ever travel, the most successful business folks up down there or come from up here, come from up here. Yeah. Yeah. They come like Chicago, Boston, New York. Like I, I truly think the business people up here are the grittiest motherfuckers yeah. on the planet. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think we also have the immigrant edge too, which I think we'll get into. I mean, we're going to walk through the kind of our story from, from the beginning we're going to roll it back kind of to day one, right? To yep. explain a little bit about who we are as people and then uh, just give you a brief background about um, our businesses up until this point. Which makes a huge difference, to be honest. Like what makes, what separated us at a young age, even like in sports or like in kind of anything we have done has been our upbringing and a lot of it had 100%. to do with dad. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You know, like dad, our parents really were first generation from Italian, you know, first generation from Italy and they came here with, pretty much nothing right and instilled in us and especially angelo at a young age like <laughs> like he still angel got angel today. got the brunt of it you know <laughs> he's still fucked up he has a, there's a store that he had a fire like mm-hmm. a uh, machine operator at like 14 years old yeah. that's what he's still fucked up over but <laughs> that type of experience is really kind of like sped up our process 100%, of business 100 percent. that instilled in you know people ask us all the time like how do you you know, like, how are you guys so entrepreneurial? Like, yeah. and it's, I, we don't know anything else. Like we were born and bred that way from the beginning. Like I never for one second in my life thought I was going to go get a job, you know, go to college, get a job, like right. have the normal path. It was always, you know, what we were going to do, you know, and, and we, and honestly having parents like that, it, it always, you know, I never felt for one second that like, I could fail at something or I wasn't going to do good at it, whatever yeah, it was. It's true. It, they really made like made us feel like, okay, it's not a matter of, you know, if you're going to make it and what, it's just what you like to do, what you love to do and, and go after that business and you'll find a way to make it work. And for better or for worse, we don't really have like hobbies. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> no life. We have no, like no. there's just nothing else that we like to talk about other than, business or growing or like how to get better or right. whatever in business and that again for better or for worse it could be a it's kind of a, a blessing it's a, little, it's a curse. little off balance but yeah, yeah. but again i think it that's that's yeah. kind of what it takes right like if any if you talk to any like super successful people like zane for example or any mm-hmm. of our really good friends who super nine figure businesses that's only thing they really talk about right right like if you got dinner with them it's the only thing they talk about the only thing that they want to talk about really and if you put them out of that zone like talking other than business they kind of get like awkward and weird mm-hmm. you know yeah, like they don't even know what to talk about right you know we have that bug a little bit yeah definitely i mean our our sunday dinners we we still get together every sunday as a family like with our parents and now there's got grandkids and you know all that the whole like my mother is just trying to get us to stop talking about business the whole time because it's yeah. every everything gets analyzed everything gets talked about and there's a lot of different things to talk about all the time so we don't always get a chance to touch on it throughout the week. So when we get to like Sunday dinner, it turns into like a, a shit show. Now, depending yeah. on the the mood of the topic, like how hot of a topic it is, it could get ugly. But yeah. 
Uh, it's just it's just ingrained in in our life. It's always been that way, you know, from a young age. And it's not even just dad, mom too. Mom's oh, our yeah. mother's an mom's a fucking too. beast. Mom's key. mom. Don't mom's forget about the Nani. glue. She's the OG. Yeah, right. yeah exactly. Yeah. It so started. Our grandmother. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah, so let's again. We can go on and on. There's a lot of shit that going on in onions that we could peel back about ourselves and what we're doing and why we're doing it. But let's talk about the timeline, right? The timeline of when we started our first business. Yep. That started with. Angelo, my father, uh, when he graduated, I think 2008, 2009, uh, college, 2007. And then I it did one year. Yeah. Actually, so you're, 2008, you're, yeah. you're wicked old. You're wicked old. Yeah. So 2007 college, college you graduated. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you can tell about that, but again, make it, don't ramble for six hours about it. Let's make it brief. Not, you don't want me to ramble? No, the short, sure. the short. 100%. The short. Yeah. Okay. So 2000, <laughs> you know, 2008 graduated from college. Um, you know, 2000, so I, right away, I went into work with my, in my mother's company, well, my mother and father's company, the marble company, they own a company called stone one marble and granite. Um, actually prior to that, we, I worked with my father's construction company. Like that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to take over that company. Like that was, I lived it, breathed it. I was like, loved it every at a young age, like even high school, middle school, like 12, like 13 yeah. years old, like you know, driving like heavy equipment and all that stuff. Like that's what I literally loved doing it. You know, every, every vacation, every like week off of school, all that shit. I, I worked there all the time. So anyway, once I got out of college, I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go. Like, this is, this is it. Like, this is what I want to do. Um, and my father really didn't want us to follow in his footsteps in the construction just cause he didn't, he, he thought it was, you know, didn't have a good quality of life. Yeah, like in his health. Yeah. Health. Our father had a heart attack when he was 42 a lot of liability. OSHA was up his ass. He had a couple of jobs that really like <clears throat> affected his mental health. Yeah. yeah, it was right. too much stress. So he was like, all right, let's find it. Let's find an industry that's not stressful. He thought the restaurant business right, wasn't yeah. going to be what stressful. What a nice pick. idiot. Nice yeah, pick. Yeah, great <laughs> pick. That, yeah. So, you know, we, we found this uh, place in Peabody, uh, which is our flagship location today. Uh, it's called Toscana's um, in West Peabody. So this restaurant was pretty much going out of business when we took it over, unbeknownst to us. We thought it was like doing well, but it was essentially going out of business when we took it over. Um, you know, so when we, we got in there, um, I'll never, I'll never forget, you know, when we walked, we went into the closing room, whatever. And then we walked out, you know, I'm 22, right? I was 22. And, and my dad looked at me, when we walked out, he goes, I've never gone out of business in my entire life. And you're not going to either. And I don't expect it to start now. So get ready to strap the fuck in. Roll the sleeves <laughs> up, bitch. And I'm like, holy shit. I've never even worked in a restaurant before. Yeah. Legit. And I did. I worked at a, in high school. I answered Mario's. the Yeah, I answered the, at a place called Mario's. I answered the phone and Yeah, I, remember, I, did I that. literally remember being in college, like, oh dude, you could sell a bottle of wine for five times what it's worth. And I remember yeah. I was yeah. in high school rich, you know? like playing like football. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, I called him and he was he was nineteen I was at like, the time. I, I was, was out there shopping for like my best suit jacket. I thought I was just gonna be walking around. Yeah, I said, dude, this is gonna be awesome. We're just gonna like show up there once a quarter. Yeah, we're gonna like be the man, girls are gonna love us. Yeah. You know, we're going to th be like restaurant guys, like yeah. like in the movies. Yeah. So we realized that wasn't the case. So we got in um, and it was just not even close. So to give that. the timeline too. So we're in 2008, 2009. There's a recession. A uh, big time. If, yeah. you were, if you were around back then, it was an absolute shit show. Like accountants like, were trying to be like like waiters and shit, right? Like that's how crazy it was. Yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, it was a nightmare. Like it was um, not, looking back, it was like, what were we thinking? Like in the middle of a recession to yeah, get into I mean, the it restaurant really made, business? Not, it didn't make any sense at the time. Right, but you know what? Sometimes ignorance is bliss. Right. But you then, know, we would have overthought it. We wouldn't have done it. Instead, no. we jumped in with two feet. We no. figured if we it knew out. What we, but knew let's, now, we wouldn't have done it. But period. let's talk, because now we're talking about, people are going to have, if I was looking at us, like again, how you started, mm -hmm. how did you acquire it? 
Like we didn't just walk in. They gave us the keys. We dad gave us like a loan yes. to purchase it. Exactly. Right. Okay. So and we I, got it. We got it for really, really cheap because again, it was like going out of business. And back then, 2008, yeah, 2009, we still was, overpaid. everything was we on. overpaid for it. Obviously. At the time, I, yeah, we look back and say we overpaid, but it was still not much. So dad gave us the loan to get started over there. Um, and then he was, you know, we were involved in everything from the beginning. I mean, we were literally, you know, right away. I remember like, okay, I figured out real quick that the only way that, that this place was going to be successful and not have everybody there have us by the nuts and not have any like control of what was going on is I needed to learn everything from the kitchen out. So I dedicated myself to learn everything in the kitchen. Right. Yeah. So it was like knee deep in marinara sauce, frying cutlets, like turning into an eggplant. Like that. Well, so turning yeah. into an eggplant yeah. to doing the financing, doing the bookkeeping and being a 22 year old trying to tell a 47 year old who's been there for 10 years as a chef, what to do, how to do it and try to like, that's not fucking easy, dude. You're, no, you're it wasn't. And I was terrible in the beginning. Like I yeah. had people quitting like left and right. Cause I yeah. was, again, I came from construction and I'm not, um, you know, I got a very like Soft aggressive, the, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm not love or hate personality. Yeah. Like I'm pretty aggressive with stuff. So I was coming at everybody like very hard and without, like had, without knowing what you were talking about either. Exactly. Like a 22 right year old yeah. with a, with a big ego. Right. And so, so that's the landscaper 22 years old. Angel's coming in our immigrant dad that we both don't know. They don't know shit about restaurants. <laughs> Me and Lucho. We know how to eat though. Yeah. That's for Lu- fucking sure. That, yeah, we, we, have pallets. we have yeah. pallets. We know quality. We know how to take care of people. So that's, then, so we then, care so about then people. tell the next steps, what happened in that next two years? And then Lucho is graduating. Tell what happened then. All right. So the first two years was just a lot of learning and getting through, you know, getting through the humps and everything. So making no money. Oh yeah. That's not even a, that's a, yeah. I thought okay, that was but a that given has to be point. clear. But we weren't losing, but we were not losing. Uh, we were breaking even. I mean, uh, but there's a common. Well, I was doing the financing. Yeah. So, that was, so basically my strategy with, with the accounts payable <laughs> Was only pay when someone came to pull out of your cold dead hands. Yeah, like that yeah, was yeah. that was our cash flow uh, strategy in the beginning. So in ten audits later, so I legitimately did the payroll. I, I did all the accounts. Can you imagine knowing my the way I am? Like how bad that was. Like I remember we had like a notebook, like a notebook. Please, if, if the IRS oh, is listening, shit. don't. Yeah, don't fuck listen. off. No, please. no, we did everything right, but it was like. You know, like vendors calling every minute, you know, like we did just I was enough. In co- I was in my senior year in college at this time. Yeah. And I'm calling him all the time saying like, what no, the fuck? No, well, you were like awesome too because he knew I was in my senior year. But, and I didn't realize I was kind of ignorant to like how tough it was for him. So I had, I would come home a lot, like on the weekends, like during breaks. Next thing you know, I was working fucking 60 hours a week every time. Like I came home for a break, you know, yeah. and then I would leave. But I was trying to like shield you from what was going Yeah, to no, I honestly, that was unbelievable looking back on it now. And then I had dad like, hey, you know, like he doesn't even know. No, he's like, the, hey, what are you doing this weekend? I'm like, dad, know, it's fucking senior week. He doesn't week. even he's know trying, when the yeah. semester ends. He's yeah. just like, so are you going to be home tomorrow? I'm like, no, I'm literally in Rhode Island. Like yeah. at college, like normal college kids do, you know? Yeah. And then I get a phone call from Angelo like an hour later. Like, dude, don't listen to dad. We'll figure it out. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. So then now I'm, that's like when I kind of started to figure out, I'm like, fuck, they need help. Like, dad, yeah. You know? Um, and then I would come home. So then, right. so then, so then he graduated. Yeah, so he then graduated. We, we, he graduated from college. That day we went to lunch. That night came. To, we went to the restaurant. Next day, 
he you know right to work and hasn't you know yeah, that was literally it. that day no that was it. no yeah. break yeah no yeah. buffer so then give the time because there was a long timeline where you guys both lived at mom's house yeah so you know and so then what the money happened? thing like yeah talk about that like were you guys making any money how did you guys how did you guys make money because that story to me is pretty cool because again, I was younger. I wasn't even in the picture at all at this point. Yeah, no, we realized right away that we weren't going to be able to pay ourselves anything. And there was going to be no money. And, we, you know, we were going to have to try to find a way to make it work. So right away, basically, um, I worked in the kitchen, like, which, I think seven nights a week. Which is lesson number one, by the way. If you have to live slim in the beginning oh, sometimes. Slim isn't even the word. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they were, they were living so slim. They lived in my parents' basement, both of them, with serious girlfriends, Blair just moved from like New Jersey to come here, living in mom's basement. Angelo, you know, met his now, you know, the now wives lived in the basement together, mm-hmm. like roommates, again, in my mother's basement while owning a restaurant. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. They had to live slim because they were not making any money. Exactly. So the way we, the way we paid ourselves is basically I worked in the kitchen like six or seven nights a week and Lucho was a bartender and a waiter. Um, you know, for that, for that, I think it was like seven or eight years. That's what people, that's no, why I remember. No, it wasn't that. It was like four. Dude. It no. was like four. four or five years. Yeah. Was yeah. it? Yeah. It wasn't seven or eight years. No, dude, it was four. I'm pretty sure. No, it was four. From 22 to 30. No. Yeah, because I, I moved to Danvers when I was 27. So it was 22 when we bought the, okay, five years. Yeah, it yeah. was five years at the moment. So it was five years. So, okay, in those five years, basically we didn't take any paycheck at all. I worked in the kitchen. Uh, he worked as a as a server, and we basically split his tip. So every night, if he made two hundred bucks, he would, I'd be cleaning in the kitchen. He would come and hand me a hundred, and he would keep a hundred. And that's how we lived for the first five years with no rent, living at home again to save money to then because dad the was instilling like you have to keep reinvesting in this place. Like there's no money to take out. You guys have to live like peasants for now. Again, sacrifice the short term, mm-hmm. build up that money in the account to then renovate the bar, renovate the function. So that right. was what changed. So so there was an available space right next to the restaurant. And even though we weren't making any money, basically we made a deal with the landlord. Again, this was like a different time in the economy. It was, yeah. there was a lot of availability and we made a good deal. So basically we ended up taking that space next door and built out a function room. We did it on the cheap. Like we were painting, like put the carpet yeah. down ourselves. Like That, that swung the Yeah, so around. basically what we did was we got double the amount of square footage, double the capacity that allowed us to do private parties with the same overhead. Yeah. And that was like a big lesson for us in business, which was the the key in a business, especially in a brick and mortar business, is to maximize the revenue with keeping your overhead relatively the same. Because your rent doesn't if you if you're open five days a week or if you're open seven days a week, your rent is the same. Right. Right. If you're gonna do, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a week in revenue or twenty thousand dollars a week in revenue, your rent is the same. Right. Right. The only thing there's some fluctuation in food costs, and especially if you can find a way to keep the labor relatively Mm-hmm. you know, the same and add more right, sales. And that's what we liked about functions. That's right. what we liked about functions and catering and all that stuff. So we really doubled down on that stuff once we found it. And then that, that's the moment when things started to change. So timeline is like the first five years was straight like survival mode. There wasn't much, you know, more money being made. It was just learning, learning, trying to see what's going on. Then all of a sudden, I feel like after year five, you guys became like, I know the restaurant. Now exactly. it's time to innovate and make make this oh, thing yeah, better. Yeah, make exactly. money. Now we were confident enough to make decisions. Like so exactly, like something switched. Like okay, now it's time. Right. Then we renovated the bar. We're like, okay, where's the income coming from? Yeah. Yes. Where, where's the profit margins coming from? So then we added the bar. Yes. Um, 
And then what happened from there? Yeah. So then, you know, then we had the functions, we had the catering, then we started, you know, doing oh, yeah, a lot of the daytime catering. catering. Now we're filling up the days, you know, maxing out each day instead of just being busy on Friday and Saturday. Exactly. So we little by little by little maxed the shit out of that. And program. mind you, this particular location that we were in ended up, um, it went through like five or six different ownership uh, yeah, owners it was over like, like a 10 year period place, yeah. because nobody could figure this thing out where... It, it was like for the amount of space that it was, like the, nobody was able to figure out like the, the revenue visibility to overhead is horrible. Cost. That was yeah, it's not a great like location like physical. It's good on a map, but doesn't have like a lot of like drive by traffic. Right. But the the reason that we were able to figure out, and I don't think anyone got to the point of figuring out yet, was was the idea of maximizing the revenue with that overhead. And and don't don't forget this part was my dad was, and we all really were, but my dad really pushed like quality of food. Like the quality yeah, of food has to be number one. So he, my dad had the idea at the time to bring in chefs from Italy to come mm -hmm. in, train everybody, yep. come with new concepts. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I feel like everyone got obsessed. And that's why I think th their success came from is the quality of food at the restaurant is incredible. Yeah. yeah. And, and the portions you get, we're not cheap about the portions. No, you know what I'm saying? No. So then we had a whole thing. Of, our, our saying was we want to give the value of Ferrari for the price of a Ford. Like that yeah. was our whole that was like our thing go, going through, but we literally, we built it like one plate at a time, one meal at a time. Yeah. We were very selective. It and was that, and slow and steady. It, I mean, it, we yes. never went backwards though. <clears throat> never ever went backwards. Yeah. We haven't had a down year yeah. since always up. So, and then let's talk about where restaurant number two came from. Cause uh, now at this point, right timeline, let's think about then restaurants going good. Probably starting to make a little more money. We did a bunch of reinvestments mm -hmm. and now it sprung from real estate because yeah, talk about it. Yeah, so then we ended up finding um, a building that was at auction, uh, that went at auction. Again, this is during a shit show time uh, in Beverly. So we ended up buying it more as an investment property. We required very little money down. It was uh, it was an auction. We really scored on the deal. Yeah, we paid it, 280 for that building. No, less. 240. 240? Yeah. yeah, wow. 240, yeah. 240, and I was the real estate agent, so I got commission back. Right, for a three-story building, two, two three-bedroom apartments. With on, the restaurant on the first floor. floor. With the restaurant on the first floor. But the restaurant on the first floor didn't come with the liquor license, so that was the risk we took. That's why yeah. we got it for so cheap, and it was a bar. So it was like yeah. a, a bar with no liquor license, right? And there, right was nothing, yeah. there was nothing available. So the story there was we got the building on the cheap. We renovated the two apartments above that covered the overhead. And then I spent the next like two years, like making it my life's mission to try to track down a liquor license. Yeah. So it was like, I went to every single person that had a liquor license in town. Yeah. That was a shit show. I remember the seasonal thing. The it, oh my God. It was, yeah. They wanted to give us a seasonal. That's, that's how you got your feet wet though. With like understanding the city and like yeah, all exactly. that stuff Zoning, at, a, at, at a young age. Yeah. Like you, we learned these things like in a crash course. Exactly. And I, then I Which started Which is the making, best way to learn. Right. Well, honestly, the, the, going back to that, like, you know, kind of goes back to dad, like because dad's English and this now, like he doesn't know how to deal with people in the city. Right. So Angela was always in the front. Like my father would be like, I think this is what we should do. No, I don't know who to talk to. And mm -hmm. then Angela would go figure it out. Right. Yeah. So you develop the skill of like be, being able to talk to really any kind of person and understanding people in the city too, which has been any city, you know, yeah, exactly. inspectors, you know, all that shit. That's been huge for us. Exactly. Exactly. So that, so then Toscana bar Italiano. Yeah. So, so then we ended up getting the liquor license uh, again, because I had a relationship with the people down at the mayor's office. Um, she literally called me. Uh, I won't say her name. She'll probably get in trouble for this, but she knew mm -hmm. I literally had a reminder. To, I had a reminder set up on my phone every Monday morning. I called her at 9am. Hey, so-and-so, how was your weekend? Checking in, any liquor licenses coming up or available? 
and she would be like, all right, every day. And then I would bring her cannolis once in a while. I would, I would give her gift cards to the restaurant. Like, listen, if you hear of anything, you let me know. Cause again, we had this thing empty for a couple of years, you know? Um, and then she called me, she said, Hey, this place literally closed last night, you know, get your shit together. And I had a filled out application already with the lawyer already in my car. I think I did 90 miles an hour on two <laughs> wheels to get to the city hall. Yeah, the awareness to, to do that was like, cause yeah. I, I had no clue. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. I'm over there just like knee deep in like a saute pan. So yeah, that, exactly. that, that goes back to like the, the, the different perspectives and strengths, Angelo's strength, real estate, people in the mayor's office, talking right. to cooks and stuff like that's his, one of his major strengths. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so then, so, yeah, so so then, then we, what happens? So then we open Toscana's. We get some money together that we collected over to Toscana's Peabody. Mm-hmm. I'm not involved at all here. And then you guys buy it, renovate it, open the doors. Correct. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then, you know, we, we jumped there right away. Um, and we did good there right away. Our overhead well, was low. We, we, opened great, there, we opened there with the chef. It didn't work out. Yeah. Uh, something happened. Um, you know, I'll tell you what happened. So basically it was like a Monday night. We had a table come in at like oh my God, 8.30. I this. All right, listen, you tell me what you would have done. Yeah, I remember this. At 8.30 p.m., a table comes in of 10. We're, now, we were slow all night. It was a Monday night. They order appetizers, right, at 8.45. And the chef, like, wanted to go home early. So, 9 o'clock. So, they order the apps. By the time they went to order the entrees, the, the chef told the, the waitress, the kitchen's closed. We're not, we're not, doing, we're not doing entrees. Not are, right are by you, the client kidding me no like, that's are you bad. kidding me? imagine being at that table are yeah, you kidding you. me that's, so yeah. so the reason i even bring up that story is because we let him go immediately for that because yeah. that's unacceptable to the guest right, right? and he was a great 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 chef. Yeah, best no. chef we ever encountered probably yeah he was very very good now we let him go so what did that mean for me because we had no backup plan no nothing yeah i ended up having to work now when he left he took another the person sous the sous chef with him right so I end up having to work there seven nights a week. I remember it was like May that it happened. Yeah, with the whole summer. The yeah. entire summer, seven seven days and nights a week. And the <clears throat> other guy that I had working with me couldn't read. Remember? What was that guy's name? I don't want to bring it up here. But yeah, yeah it was, uh, he couldn't read, right? So I had to read every ticket that was coming in. Yeah, that was to tough. him. Just and you and that guy. Just that so you're talking about seven days a week like that. <laughs> that was bad. If I went outside to take a phone call and there was an order, God forbid, came in, a fried calamari came in, he would make a chicken pot. Like literally, <laughs> yeah. like like that was legit the entire summer. Talking about trap. And that summer I had a bunch of my friends' weddings yeah. that I had to miss. Oh, I remember that. All like the bachelor that, like, parties wasn't I had that to long miss. Ago. It, it was. It, it was. Now, yeah, yeah, it, was. it was though, yeah. So, so that that sucked. So give time. Sucked. So the first restaurant opened one. 2009. Second, Toscana Beverly was when? Uh, 17, I think. 17? Or 15? No, way before that. Or 15? I don't know. That was the next step, though, Beverly. But there, yeah. I remember there was a big gap between one and two, though. Yeah, that, there that was. There was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like a lot of learning curves. Five five years. Going. Yeah. So then the restaurants, the second restaurant's going really well. What was the next venture that opened? Next was, um, was uh, Nutri. Right. This is kind of where I come in. So my story is a little different. When I graduated college, I started with, I worked for someone else for a year, did really well, you know, but then my mom really, my dad were like, you have to start working with your brothers and start integrate yourself a little bit. Um, And at the time I was doing a lot of nightlife stuff. I was 21 years old. I was like bouncing and shit on the weekends. And there was an opportunity to start my own company with a friend of mine. I did that. We did really well, super successful. 
Um, and then we got merged with like a tech company called Tableist at the time, like two or three years after we opened, merged with them, did a lot of like growth and stuff. Um, and then, you know, I was getting older. It's kind of time to, time to, you know, stop that and merge more with my brothers. And there was an opportunity to open a new tray. And there was an idea that we had together when we were, again, talking on Sundays. I was doing my own thing. My brothers had the restaurants and we were talking every Sunday. And there was an opportunity that came up about owning uh, or starting a meal prep company. Yeah. So basically, I've, I've been overweight my whole life, you know, and my dad has type 2 diabetes, had a heart attack. So we were trying to manage his diet, uh, you know, through prepping meals at the restaurant. And I'm always trying to lose weight. So I was, you know, also uh, prepping for myself, too. So we, you know, that's how we started with, with dad and myself. Um, and then we started cooking for them. And then we were like, okay, listen, if we're at the restaurant already, again, this idea of maximizing the revenue in the, in the same building, mm -hmm. that's literally how it started. We we're like, okay, if we can make, you know, 200 meals a week out of here for 10 clients, whatever yeah. it is, it'll bring X number of revenue on top. And the only cost is food. And if Angelo cooks all the food at wow. night, then there's no labor and blah, blah, blah. So like, that's how the idea started. So then I started, we started doing it where I was cooking. Sunday nights. No, I was cooking Friday nights and Saturday nights overnight. Yeah. And then you guys were delivering the food to customers' homes Sunday yeah. overnight. So at this time, I was still doing the nightlife stuff. Me and Angela would cook. Me and Lucho and one other person would pack the orders. Yeah. And then me and my friend would deliver them at night from like midnight to like 4 a.m. At the end and of this like was, your nightlife. And this shift. was after my nightlife stuff. So <laughs> at like 2 a.m., I would like drive to the restaurant, grab all the food and start delivering. Um, and then it was, it kind of started with friends and family, you know, mm -hmm. majority of my people. network of people. And uh, the big thing was the reason we, I really like the nightlife stuff is my network is, is extremely strong between, you know, art, like celebrities, artists, regular folks, business people. Like I really met a lot of people along the way and that story goes deeper, but we're not going to go like too deep into that. Cause it'll take too much time. No, we're not getting into that. Yeah. It's too much. And then friends and family started going really well. Then we moved to the Beverly location. No, we moved. We did the garage. No, so I mean, you want to get. Go I don't to think eat, we need. No, to get we don't that need to get granular. into each scale yeah. of yeah. every day that happened from two thousand. So long story yeah. short, for, <laughs> I mean, for, yeah. for, we started yeah. that in two thousand seventeen. We did friends and family. Two thousand eighteen, we got a website. Another crazy backstory about. Uh, no, no, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go. What is, I'm the, not, what is the? No, no, I'm hold not. On. No, what, I'm is, not gonna what are we doing on this episode? No, I'm not gonna go into it. What What are we talking? I'm not gonna go into it. Are we talking about? What we did on Thursday, September, well, like 20th. So you're talking about a lesson? I mean, you're talking about a lesson you know, with the we're website? You're a fucking right, overview right, of what we're You want to talk about, about a lesson right with the website? Background. We're okay, talking about background. an overview of what we got. <laughs> did did Nutrite, four years later now, it's it's a, it's a probably one of the biggest meal prep companies in New England. A lot of shit in between that time frame. Then what happened with the insurance company? You know, then we ended up investing, you know, we got an opportunity to buy into a, or open an insurance company. Right. So that, that's, kind of, that's kind of a unique situation. So that was during COVID. It was during COVID. Yeah. yeah. When COVID came up, an opportunity came with a friend of ours who uh, was in the same business. Well, we He's, tried to diversify. That he, was well, the that's what he said. He said, listen, we have this opportunity, you know, that they're looking for someone to open an insurance company in this area. I think you'd be a good fit for it. And at the time, COVID just happened. Everything was shut down. We were like, all right. What's well, we were happen? seriously panicked. We were like, fuck. We had another yeah. restaurant under agreement. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, we did. Yeah. We, had, we had another restaurant under agreement that about to close. And no, I, we signed the PNS yeah. on March 16th, right? And then the next day was like they announced everything shut down, like big shit show. So we ended up like 
like begging to get out of that deal. They released us from the deal because it was just like a crazy yeah. act of God. Think situation. back to the first time COVID was like, you know, no, it was scary, up, scary. Up, so we were like, time. didn't know where this thing was going to end. So we're like, all right, let's get into the insurance business as well. And then, yeah, let's diversify. Like we don't, we're going to do our best to get through with the restaurants, but exactly. We're going to, you know, we can't, how long is this thing going to last? We can't just make no money for now. You know, like we need exactly. to find another stream of income. So did that, that was in 2020. The next venture we did was Marte Capital. Uh, which mm-hmm. was probably around that same time frame with a with a friend of ours who we knew who was doing really well. And that was going to be lending at first. Mm-hmm. Did a bunch of real estate investment. We had a, some capital sitting around, did some real estate investing into you know multifamilies with developers that we knew. And then an opportunity came where we ended up uh, doing a development project in Naples because we we're actually looking there for our, our vacation home. And then from there, we saw some gaps in the market. Mm-hmm. Now we're building four uh, villas down in Naples with Marte Capital. Then the most recent one with the same partner that we did Marte Capital with, an opportunity came up to open up Premier Solar, which is a solar company. Yeah. Yeah. So Premier Solar, we're residential solar installation company. We're operating 10 states now. We have the goal of going to 48 states in 2023. Um, we're really, really excited about that. We have great partners uh, working in that company. High ceiling, high ceiling yeah. business, a scalable business. Because now at this point, we're older. We understand more business. Right. We don't do things that we can't scale. Yeah, one of the which was a learning curve in in Tino's like, uh, like timeline. It, his timeline that literally just broke down the last like fifteen years, <laughs> day by day, hour by hour. You guys want um, talking about the, the, the big show. the biggest thing was you know the biggest thing that's changed really like from where we were to where we are is like leadership in like yeah. where we spend our time right. right? Yeah. One of the most common like things that we get all the time is. How do you guys do so many different things in a day? It seems like you guys have 32 hours in a day and we only have 24. Like, how does that get done? And really, it's leadership um, and having really strong teams. And, you know, that's been the difference, right? And in layers of management, we are really cautious about where we spend our time right now. And that was very difficult. And we'll talk about this at another time. From going from like the hustler mentality, like building these companies with everybody on the ground every single day to like transitioning to a point where we kind of operate as like CEOs of each different kind of company and like leadership. And that transition took like two years of like difficult conversations and really getting everybody to buy into that and be okay with people are so used to. Well, it's not not even just it's not even just that. It's also. Like dad's mentality and that men- and that genre of people, that mentality, like the baby boomer uh, business owners were all about like rolling the sleeves up. Like, right. Dude, a lot of people were, like that, man. It's like the hustler. I know, but that the hustler, men- the hustler mentality right. of like there's doing everything yourself. There's a time and a place for that. Then yeah. that there's a time frame that that needs to be done, especially right. in the beginning. Like that's the way you need to think. Exactly. Ignorant. Like, in order be- to, in order to become a CEO, really, you need to kill the hustler inside yeah, of you, you yeah. Right? exactly yeah what got you to like zero to one million is not the same thing that's going to get you one million to ten million it's right and 10 that million is plus. 10 million to 20 million is not the same as 20 million to 100 million you know exactly. so you need to change yourself and evolve and and figure all these things out and and we've done a really good job of you know pivoting and figuring that out especially as things have gotten more complicated and more you know different types of business the more complicated the get it gets though the more secure and structured and organized that things are getting yeah we're yeah. getting it's really like, fucking efficient yeah it's yeah. almost like the the bigger you get the more a players that come into your organization the more you attract that that then brings more layer of management to then 
be able to get our heads above the water to then see a bigger vision to grow, right? Mm-hmm. To work on yeah. the business. Yeah. And another key thing along that way that we didn't talk about, which is probably the, one of the most important things of, of our strategy of generating wealth is buying real estate. Yeah. So we bought our first property together in 2015 where I put my money together that I was making by myself and then they put their money together that they were making with the restaurants. We bought our first multifamily in Beverly, Mass. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we've bought along the way. Yeah, we never stop buying real estate. Ever. And we never, ever spend money on ourselves, dude. That's another yeah. thing that needs to kind of be... We lived, I mean, they, we lived very, very modestly and thin. We still do. We still do. We don't take a dollar more that we need to take to survive. Every every year that goes by, it's like, okay, Angelo now has three kids. Let's, let's, let's bump it up for everybody. Okay. Like Lucho's house is too small right now. We need to bump it up. Yeah. But it's just exactly what we need. Like we have nothing, nothing extra. Yeah. And if we we have a great car or we have decent cars, it's because we needed the write off. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Like it was never, we never go out there and spend like lavishly. Just no, there's no stupid vacation. Not yeah. none of that. And that, that's been a huge part of it for us. Like there hasn't been a wasted dollar in capital that doesn't go back into reinvesting into the business. Which Correct. is a misconception to business owners think that my money comes first. It's like, no, the team's money and the business comes first. You work for your business. Your right. business is first. Right. And then you take your shit last. Yeah. And if there's extra scraps on the table that, all three of us make the decision that we may take some more. And it's usually the reason we will take it is because one Angela person had has another to, kid and then we or, keep it even. Throughout yeah. There. Lucho needs a renovation for something that's important for like his family living or something. Then, okay, we'll take some scratch, but it's never just, Hey, let's just take some scratch to go fucking go to dinner this weekend or right, go on yeah. a lavish vacation or fucking buy a Ferrari no. or something. And, Cause we could all have Ferraris, right? right? But we don't for that reason to, yeah, to keep right. reinvesting and to keep that, well, we're playing the long game all the time. Like, no, exactly. we, we don't care about anything that's happening right now. Like we have the big picture in mind. Um, and that's just always, it's always been the way we thought. Exactly. Right. Exactly. That's never wavered even a little bit, you know, since day one. No, it hasn't. No, it hasn't. And that's been part of, you know, that's been part of our success. I'm sure we'll get to a point someday where we can enjoy a little bit more, but we're not even close to there yet. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that all ties back to our upbringing and shit into yeah. like dad and mom and how mm-hmm. they like brought us like, even if we grew up like feeling well, I feel like mom and dad always made us feel like, not like poor, but like, not like overly right. have all this shit, you know, like you always made us like work for it and kind of yeah, like, no, no, yeah, no we always, we always had cool stuff, but we always worked, you know, like yeah. that was yeah. it. Yeah. All right. So that was an overly detailed background of, uh, of how we got started <laughs> and everything. Um, we want to thank Valentino for really Me? breaking it down. Are you guys fucking for us on a Tom, tight when time? You guys, on a when you guys, very day by day. Thing. When you guys watch Making this, sure we when you guys skip. watch this, you're going to see how much rambled you guys went on some of the stories. And they're going to be like, wow, I actually kept this fucking thing together. Yeah. As let us youngest, know what you think. Youngest and most handsome most, brother. Yeah. Who rambled the most during that thing? Who wasted the most time? And, you know. You'll see. It wasn't me. Yeah, we'll see. So, you know, this wasn't is, you. This is uh, you know, the background. <laughs> you know, we're first talking about our backgrounds and stuff like that. Then we'll talk about different lessons that we've learned along the way. Specifically, um, we'll talk to other um, entrepreneurs that we talked about uh, as well that we're going to get really granular on how they started. Like very specifically, how did you get in your first deal? How did you get in your first business? And then how did yeah. you scale? The, and the reason that's so important is because every time you meet someone successful, the first, the first thing they ask is, what do you do? How'd you start? What'd you do? How'd you start? And that is what we're trying to answer for you guys. We're trying to answer. If you see a guy like in a Ferrari, in a Lamborghini, whatever, we're going to find out exactly how they started. And hopefully those lessons will translate to you guys because 
a lot of it just happens. A lot of it comes down to just starting. Yeah. You know, like get out of your own way, get out of your own head, just fucking start. There's no magic pill to this thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's important for people to see what the reality was. Exactly. And that everyone who is successful is just a normal fucking person. Yeah. They just picked a path they went for and they didn't quit. And that's where they are. And the people we're going to have on here are not fluff and buff people. Like kind of bring this, like their secondary social mantra of them. Like we're, Bringing on people who are genuine and they're going to tell you the real yeah, fucking story. We're going to get real, yeah. Yeah, we'll yeah get we're going to get real. We'll get real. So that's our first episode. Thank you for joining and uh, we'll see you next time. Nice.